Welcome back to another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. On this episode, I welcome back Just Me SMD, also known as Stephanie Delpe, on uh, kind of a very transparent and um, sincere episode uh, on an atmosphere, I would have to say bittersweet, but filled uh, with lots of uh, transparency, vulnerability, strength, and courage, in um, kind of a heavy-weighted uh, atmosphere with uh, unfortunate circumstances, which we will get into in our exchange. But um, another exchange which I believe is so worthy uh, for its candor and its openness in reaching out. In these circumstances, we often have uh, the natural reflex to shut down and close ourselves off to the environment. And I'm thankful to Stephanie for actually coming forward and uh, using this opportunity to actually reach out um, and send out um, a message of uh, possibi possibility and encouragement and, you know, take her own example and in hopes that it can actually impact you as well as it did me to, you know, never give up and always look forward despite how unfortunate the circumstance or the obstacles might seem. So it's a great exchange about perspective and um, acceptance and choosing to keep on looking forward towards the better and the greater. So without further ado, episode eight, Awaken the Awesome. Let's do this. As you know, my brain works in really weird ways, and I was doing a little bit of reflecting over the course of the week. I was having a short conversation with a friend of mine, and he was talking about, man, can you imagine from Haiti, and then we grew up, we got married, we had kids, you know, we're doing our thing. And then, you know, I stopped and mentally started to think about all the stages of circumstances that happened. You know, and I thought about the perspective of where I am right now, because everybody has, you know, their own little turmoil. Everybody has, as I like to say, their own cross that they're carrying, you know, mm -hmm. and perspective is everything. Because I thought I thought about and we were talking about crappy jobs. Right. And I thought about um, one of my old jobs. You know, when you're studying, you just need to pay the books and the rent. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I thought about what I label as the crappiest job I've ever had. And it wasn't really that crappy job because like, okay, I didn't, I, I just didn't like it because you mm -hmm. always have those people, right? You have the, the person who clearly hates what they're doing and who's only here to get that paycheck. And then the person, the other person who for some reason you're looking at, it's like, how have you been doing this for 20 years? And right. I'm talking about, I was working at a shoe warehouse. Well, the warehouse of a very prominent shoe brand, I will not name mm -hmm. them, but a very prominent shoe company. And it was their local warehouse in, here in Montreal. And for 10 hours a day, four days a week, full-time student from 10 a.m. to 10, 10, 10, like for like 10 hours, they actually did overtime when you could. Mm -hmm. So for 10 hours a day, four days a week, I actually stacked boxes and labeled uh, shoe boxes and did inventory for cases and loaded trucks mm. for 10 hours a day. It was miserable. Miserable for the commute because after school, I had to grab the bus and it was like an hour or an hour and a half, depending on which subway or bus line I took. 
to get to work and then the bus didn't even get to the warehouse so you had to take a taxi or walk to the oh, warehouse wow. so yeah you know again perspective we're going to talk about that you know the entire aspect of in the course of getting a job or building a career or learning experiences of how to relate with the job market you're allowed to say no but hey you know we're going to talk about yeah. that because i'm sure you've got your opinion on that as well but you know when you just need a job you're doing your job because that's my personality i guess you know i'm committed i made a choice i got hired nobody could put a gun to my head to take this job i took the job so i'm doing the job right but it yeah. was miserable going to the entire logistics of getting there were really crappy i'm not even talking about the cafeteria that would that closed way too early i'm not talking about the snow you had to actually actually <laughs> know swim through to get back to your local taxi stop because there because taxis only went so far right right oh my God. so it was it was pretty insane and i remember it because you know i think about the fact that it's okay to pick and choose mm -hmm. what you take on to build your experience because we're going to talk about the word experience in your career it's okay to try new things but it's okay as well to actually sit back and understand that you know what this is not for me and bow out because eventually yeah. i got eventually i got fired from that job and it was so funny because it's a really funny story because I, I worked there for a couple of months and what happened is that as i was working the night shift there was a new night shift supervisor right so at the break uh they introduced us to the new supervisor i still remember his name his name was danny so he was like hey Hey guys, I'm the new supervisor on the shift. Like, okay, I've been working here and here and did so and so, so and so. So this is not new for me. So hoping everybody would have a good relationship and everything. Don't be afraid to come and talk to me and everything. Like, great, you know, blah -dee -dah, Okay, great. Let's get back to it. Great, awesome. So I go back to stacking shoes and labeling. Like, you know, I'm making eight dollars an hour, right? And I'm labeling shoe boxes like upwards of nine hundred to a thousand dollars a pair. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm basically here with my scanner gun thingy, you know, scanning the barcode and basically the computer is basically printing out the, the labels for the tags and the prices and everything. So I'm putting on the prices. Wow. And not only are these very stupidly ugly shoes, but at the same time, I'm looking at the price tag. I'm like $699, $899, a pair. And I'm loading mm. boxes of 12 onto a truck. I'm like, are you serious right now? <laughs> it's like crazy. <laughs> So, so that was interesting. So as I'm doing that, right, between all the machines and stacking and you know, hating my life, and Danny calls me up. It's like, hey, uh, you're Oliver, right? It's like, yeah. It's like, that's me. It's like, come on, let's go. It's like, go where? I don't know. So, hey, he's the supervisor, right? So, okay. So I drop everything I'm doing, go up to the office. I only saw the office once is when I got hired. I've never mm -hmm. been back to the office. It's like, okay, why am I in the office? So Danny sits me down, and it was like the speediest exchange ever. It's like, hi, Zach. So yeah, I just want to let you know that uh, we've been following you and everything. And unfortunately, like you know, with your rhythm and on the chain and everything and on the line, you're a little bit too slow, and you're not producing, you know, as fast as like you know the guys uh, usually expect you to on on your team and everything. So we just thought that the best the best opportunity for you basically to actually you know end uh, end your employment tonight. So it'll be the, the end of your shift right now. So I'm just going to take your key card and your ID and everything. I'm just going to walk you out. All right. <laughs> so, what, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? It's like, okay, so, all right. So he walked me back to the locker. 
got changed, grabbed my coat, and I stepped out. And okay, thank you, ciao, bye. But I have to say, I don't remember being sad. I have to say it's the first time I ever got fired, but I have to say that, you know, I don't remember being sad. I called my girlfriend, not my wife. I'm like, babe, because, you know, because we had specific times we'd call each other because she knew when I had my breaks and my, like, my lunch breaks and everything. So when I called her earlier, she's like, what's going on? It's like, I got fired. It's like, seriously? Yeah, I got fired. Seriously, I got fired. Like, wow. But when you're young, you think it's the most horrible thing ever. <laughs> and then you realize they actually did you a favor. You know? Well, I don't know if it's any different when you're older, except that when you're young, I think that the jobs that we have when we're young, these are not our careers, right? These are just, um, you know, to your point, things we have to do to get by. Like, it's just something on the side to pay, you know, small bills that we have. I think it's different when, so for me personally, like as a professional, right? If I'm in a role and I'm, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do and I lose my job, for me, it becomes a matter of, you know, my credibility, it's, it's my reputation, it's my brand, it's, um, you know, the feeling that, the feelings that also come with that, like being slightly embarrassed, feeling, you know, uncomfortable, like, how am I going to speak to my peers about that? How are people going to view me? Are they going to think that I'm less of a talent than I am? Um, because of this particular situation. Um, so I think it's all those types of things that you kind of deal with when, um, you're deeper into your career and yeah. maybe you don't deal with as much. Like if I get fired from McDonald's, like okay. McDonald's, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of my perspective. Totally. Totally. You know? And that's, 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 you know, what, what I, what would really hit me is the fact that you can always learn but as you said, you know, it's a lot different when you're just trying to just like, you know, just make your hours, bring in a small paycheck, pay your bills, go to the movie and stuff. But when it's become something that you built, you know, from the ground up, which is called your career and something you've invested, you know, time, you know, your, 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 your knowledge, education, training, networking, you've built, a, like you said, you've built a brand, you've built your own legacy. And then when that's, you know, quote unquote, taken away from you, you know, for whatever reason, it it is like a breakup. It is like something that was not your choice and something that was imposed on you. So there is the unfairness aspect of it. There's the grieving aspect of it. And it's very heavy to be able to, some people, some people have a lot of trouble dealing with that. It's not something I'm ever going to say that it's easy to just get over because it's not. I well, don't then think so. you realize too, what you spend such a large amount of time. I mean, most people spend anywhere from eight to 10 hours a day at work, right? Mm -hmm. So these become your friends, they become your family. You know, we talked about this before, like people who report to you, you know, you know about their kids, their husbands, their wives. And so it's all these different things. So it's not just that you're losing your source of income or your title or, you know, some of those types of things that come with it. It's like, you're also losing like potential friends and family, right? Because no matter how close you were when you were working together and saw each other every day, you're not going to talk to all these people every single day anymore or maybe ever. Um, and so there's that aspect of it too, I think. 
because we're so busy because we're life you we can't you can't you can't deny it life takes a toll life gets busy life gets hectic and no matter how connected we are right now it's undeniable that you genuinely have to schedule in some time to socialize with people i'm taking this as a basic example from the previous company i worked at the last department I work, I was basically heading the department, but we were a very small team, a very small team, but we're so intimate and we were, we, we locked in, there was a kinship and it was like that family aspect. We spent a good amount of time. There was no, uh, I could say basically personnel rotation for a good three years. So we spent a lot of time together. So having changed chapters, if you will, a lot of people moved on a lot, only, I guess, one of us still works there. But we keep in contact, you know, with the beauty of WhatsApp. We have a little WhatsApp group that, uh, you know, one of them had a baby. One of them still works there. One of them, you know, had, you know. So, again, we're, we keep in touch, but it's conscious. But yeah. it's an actual effort. To actually, when I say effort, it's not in a bad way. But you have to basically involve, get involved, and actually take the time to consciously, you know, keep in touch with each other. Otherwise, it just fall on the back burner of life. And then you yeah. know you're not you're not gonna lie. You will never keep in contact with those people. You just won't. You just you think, really have to want to. And that's the hard part because when you work for a big company, so you look at it from the opposite perspective. You know, part of the reason why you're able to keep in touch with so many people is because you see them on a regular basis, right? Mm-hmm. So you might see them in meetings. You talk to them on the phone. You see them in passing in the hallway. You run into them in the cafeteria, but you're not actively necessarily keeping up with all of these people right and so mm-hmm. to your point if you have to make a conscious decision how many people can you really consciously keep up with if it's a small group of like one or two or three then yeah maybe it's it's realistic if it's something that you really want to do mm-hmm. but when you're talking about like having a network that is like you know 300 people deep or more or maybe oh, wow. 500 600 or seven like how are you keeping in touch with all those people and you're you're not right that's just realistic and that's realistic you know, now we have like LinkedIn and social media and stuff like that. And that allows you to kind of keep in contact with people just to like at least not lose them from your network. But you're definitely not engaging with them like on any type of regular basis. No, there's a connection there. There's going to be a, a, a certain type of quote unquote relationship, of course. But, you know, the kinship and the connection, otherwise, that you're trying to build on a deeper level, I don't think it's realistic to, you know, think that it's going to happen. Because, again, you know, socially speaking, with, with 24 hours in a day with the people you're trying to connect with, even with our significant others, it's hard enough. Now, imagine with people yeah. within you know, your professional circle, it's close to impossible. You know, there can, you, you have some very specific, specific relationships with some very specific people. But, you know, the deeper, deep, the deeper connection that we're probably trying to make, it gets a lot harder as time passes. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, a very sobering, it's a very sobering feeling when um, the, last, the last time I had to reflect on this and think about, like, okay, um, no job. There's definitely the financial aspect, you know, to be considered. But at the same time, um, I, for what, what happened for me personally, and so when I lost the job and this was, uh, when was this was well, September of last year in 2016 and it was, um, I had to take a second because it was scary. I have to say it was pretty scary. Yeah. And cause when you have to look down the road and say, okay, wife, two kids, mortgage, and I have no idea how I'm going to do this. I have no idea. So it was, um, 
how I went about it, I have to say, I took the time to, first of all, you know, not automatically lie to myself and say, like, okay, let's get back into this. Like, okay, it's Friday. All right, let's, let's start looking for jobs. I did not do that. First of all, you can't give what you don't have. I was tired. I was exhausted. Okay. I was angry. I was upset. Dealing with a lot of feelings. When you're in that, when you're in that situation, and shout out to Terry Crews because I, I learned about this concept in therapy. It's called HALT. I'm not sure if you've heard about it. Mm-mm. Four letters, very simple. Um, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Anytime you're, in, anytime you're in, in one of these emotional states or physical states is a moment of weakness. Personal, physical, mental, emotional, call it whatever you want. It's always a phase of weakness. And in that moment, in those stages, mm. never should you make any type of decision whatsoever. Take the time to address them first and then get back in the game. So hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Halt. It's a little uh, aspect in therapy. But I learned that from Terry Crews, of all people. That was, that was really cute. But, um, <laughs> I like that because acronyms are easy to remember. Acronyms are easy to remember. Right. So that's why you should halt your thought process, halt your actions. If you're hungry, eat something. If you're angry, take a step back to breathe. If you're lonely, call someone. Let someone know. Talk to someone. Reach out. If you're tired, get some rest. Yeah. I, was I think you're not a good decision maker when you haven't done those things. No. And then not good to yourself right but i also think you have to find a way to not sink too deep into those feelings either Mm -hmm. and so it's like a balance so for me it's like so this past four days for me in particular has been so crazy right it's been like a emotional roller coaster it's like you know one day or one not even day like one minute I'm excited and I'm like, oh my God, I have the opportunity to basically do whatever I want. I have all these awesome contacts and people in my network and this is going to be great. And then there's other moments where it's like, I'm never going to see this person again. Or, you know, and so you go, it's like a constant up and down, up and down. And I think that if you haven't been through it, it's really hard for people to understand it. Well, for sure. For sure. It's a very sober feeling because again, getting back to the word that I love, no perspective, getting fired when you're just a college student trying to get by. And when you're, when you're a full on professional, when you have to be built a 10, 12, 15, 20 year legacy and just like all that being taken off from under you, it's a different perspective because you know, you're tired, you've built so much like, did I do this? And you're questioning yourself because that's undeniable. I'm sorry. I don't care how much of a confident person you are. That feeling will happen. It's like, did I do this for nothing? Did I like what's what, what's like there is the entire aspect of freedom to know like, OK, this new chapter is open in front of me and I can basically paint this canvas however I want. But there's also the little aspect of anxiety where you're like, OK, what am I going to do right now? <laughs> yeah. And it, that's the hard part, because it's like you're not 100 percent sure. Right. And so even as doors start to open, you're still dealing with the reality of maybe like being behind on bills or just not knowing how you're going to pay certain things or, you know, even just not having somewhere to go every day. Like, honestly, like that's just, even that is weird. You know, that breaks your routine, breaks your cycle, breaks your cycle. Totally. It was so weird. I'm like, I woke up and I'm like, Oh, I don't actually have to get up. And I'm, I am going to get up because I don't want to change my routine, but I'm just thinking about how depressing that could be, right? To just kind of have to sit around all day and not really have a plan, not know what you're going to do next. Um, 
And even when I go outside, like I try to go outside and go for a walk and I'm seeing everybody dressed up and in suits and they all look so purposeful. Uh And so you just start to have all these feelings like, you know, what am I doing with myself? Like, what's my purpose right at this moment? I know I have tons of purpose, but in that moment, you're feeling like, what am I doing? What is that purpose? And so it's, it's been a, you know, it's a humbling, humbling experience. I think when you go through something like that and you have to kind of figure out how you're going to deal with it. Um, But then what you do with it afterwards, I think is important too. I know for me, like I had, a couple of people reach out to me and just share their own stories and how they went through it. And it was so touching to me because it's so personal, right? And it's so private and you don't, nobody has to do that. It's but true. the fact that they cared enough to want to share, to make sure that I knew I wasn't alone. Like it makes me know that I definitely want to be able to give that back. Um, for, sure, for sure. Because you've impacted yeah. a lot of people in your professional, your professional career and both as a person, you know, as a colleague and, you know, a collaborator and, you know, someone that a lot of people connected connected with and, you know, are fond of and, you know, just speaks to how much people care about you and the quality of your being and the light that you share. And again, in the, it's always about this truth that we speak into the universe, right? You know, if you, if you had put out toxicity, it, you'd only be getting toxicity back. A lot of people would be happy of, you know, this, this, uh, uh, you know, this unfortunate circumstance that's happening right now. But at least you right now you're getting, you know, feedback from people who genuinely care in, in their own little way of trying to let you know that, you know what, because that's all we need, right? Sometimes it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not misery loves company, but I like, I'm always like to say, it's nice to know that we're not alone. Yeah. It's nice to know that we're not alone because it's, it's really hard. And it's something that, you know, some people can't deal with. And unfortunately, sometimes they deal with it in the wrong way. We're talking about, you know, um, destructive reactions or destructive habits, you know. And, you know, you've actually done the positive thing was basically take care of yourself first and basically be able to open up yourself to this new experience with humility and patience. And, you know, you're admit, you're letting it in. You're letting it flow through. And that's important. You're not, you're not in denial. A lot of people do get in denial, right? No. And that's not what you should do. You should basically, you know, take the second to take care of the unpleasantness or also open up, you know, be open to the aspect of, you know what? Hey, I can actually, what can I do with this? Maybe you don't have the answers right now, but at least you're letting your door open both emotionally and spiritually to know that, hey, you know what? I got a full day ahead of me right now. What can we do with this? What can we do with this? You know, if I can take my own example, when, um, cause I spent, I, I think about, you know, a little bit for, uh, well over four months, you know, in the entire process, but never once I basically, I used it as a work day. You know, my wife went to work, but I took care of the kids. You know, I got up, got them dressed, you know, like made food, made breakfast, you know, just like, you know, take them make coffee for the wife in the morning, take the mm-hmm. kids to work, take, take the kids to, to daycare. When I came back, cleaned up the house. And, you know, between them, like, okay, what are we going to do with this? And then go go do stuff. And at the same time, there was a block of time allotted to, you know, okay, let's look for jobs. Let's look for jobs. Let's go for a geographic. It's like, what do we do? What do we want? What what type of job do we want? What type of job don't we don't want? I had strategies and I was thinking and I was writing. I was blogging. I was sleeping, something I haven't done in a long time. Because when you have two young children, you understand that sleep is a luxury. Slow. So I, I, I dialed up on that. But, you know, you really need to cater to yourself. But at the same time, don't think that, don't slack off was basically what I mean. Because, you know, it's so easy to just like sit on the couch and do nothing. 
yeah. Or want to, anyway. There you go. There you go. There you go. And it turn like, it gravitates towards the better habits. That, that would be my best recommendation. You know? But it's not, it's not supposed to be fun. But at the same time, it's not supposed to be um, a sentence either. You know? Yeah, and I think it's difficult because it's like, again, just even just looking for a job is like a full-time job, right? For sure. So for you're sure. trying to balance doing that with all those feelings and things that you just described. And it's just really difficult. Um, it's very difficult. So I think people need to, you know, know what their resources are. And I just think people should be better prepared, right? Because corporate is corporate. And, you know, they do what they need to do. And if things need to shift, if positions need to be moved, if people need to be eliminated, they just do it. And so how are we preparing ourselves for these possible moments that we hope never come? But if and when they come, you know, how do we ensure that we're not completely caught off guard and we have a plan of action um, that'll help us get to where we need to quickly? Because I agree with you. I don't think that is something that you want to rush into. You don't want to make any rash um, decisions when you're kind of dealing with this type of stress for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. but at the same time um it takes a a long time to find a job sometimes sometimes you're putting out feelers and you may not get an interview for like two three months oh for sure depending on what type of position you're looking for For and so it's how do you strike that right balance of taking care of yourself giving yourself that grace to kind of deal through and work through every single thing that you have going on but still somehow be productive and, you know, update your resume and at least get some things out there just to make sure that you don't miss out on opportunities. And it's tough. It is tough. It is tough. It is tough to fall back into, into the humble mindset. Like, okay, it's not really starting off at zero. It's like, okay, what do you want this more of the same? How are you going to redefine yourself? Do you want to take a step back? Um, do you want to basically, you know, try to, how are you going to, you know, re reset basically both your mind and your career? Do you want the same type of job? Do you want to, do you want to take a step? Like I did basically right now from where I am, I basically took a step back from the corporate that was, and again, for me, it was a personal decision because, um, to get to where I got to the, to, to the level I got in the corporate. And I tell this to my wife all the time. It's like I willingly took a step back. I did not want more because it took me away from my family, took me away from my kids. You know, mm-hmm. it, uh, the toxicity was like all over the place. I was working crazy hours. I was doing well, <laughs> but at the same yeah, time, under under what, was that terrible, what cost? What it, what it cost me? What it cost me in the long run? I can't get back, and I have to say, I'm not too sure it was worth it. Um. But again, it wasn't the company, but it was me. I made the choices and I chose and accepted to live by them and with them. I'm very, I, I'm very big on accountability. You know, you decide where you want to go and you decide on the path you want to take. All right. And is this a tra- uh, price that you're willing to pay? Sure. But at a certain point, and for me, I have to think the deciding moment was actually when my son was born. And this is where I went to my supervisor. I like, you know what? Because when you know what the game entails, you can't do things half-assed. I don't do things half-assed. And I knew that um, with all the projects and everything that the company was going through at that time, 
what they needed from me was not something I could give. And I knew that even before my son was born. So I, I sat down even before I went on paternity leave. I'm like, you know what? I sat down with my boss. I'm like, okay, this is what's what. And I don't think I can be the, the star player you need me to be. And he's like, she's like, you sure you don't want to think about it? It's like, nope, nope, no. Right now, what the f- I gave all my time and my energy and my involvement to the company. But right now, the people that need me are my wife and my kids. And you know what? And it's something that I'm happy I did. You know, it's never easy because you know what? You're closing the doors. And like you said, it's my reputation. And what do you do? And like, you know, what are people going to say and everything? But you know what? It's something I can live with, you know, because at the end of the day, it's all I have left. You know, it's my wife and my kids. Are they well? Are they provided for? Is their well-being insured? Great. Are those boxes checked? Awesome. The rest We'll deal with it. And that was a personal decision. It's not for everybody, but you have to speak your own truth and to know what you seek. And that's what I sought out, you know, when I decided, you know, for look other opportunities, you know, a family life balance to me was essential. You know, I was willing to take less money to actually make sure that I had a decent amount of work life balance. And for so far, it's been good. It wasn't easy to get there, but it's been good. But uh, it's not it's not easy. It's not easy. Everybody has their own criteria. You know, like you said, you know, depending on what type of job you want to go back into. You know, but um, definitely you have to make sure make sure that you understand, you know, what your own personal. I have to say, you know, um, what we're talking not limitations. I was trying to say, yeah, no, I said the word already criteria. You have to know what it is you want and what it is that you don't want. And that's a good opportunity to do that. There are a lot of things that you settled for. And a lot of things that you chose and a lot of things that, you know what, I'm going to deal with this, but at some point, okay, fine. But now that you have the opportunity of the blank slate, hey, you know, maybe check your boxes again, check your list again, check, you know, your definitions and see, okay, what is it that you're willing to deal with and what are the deal breakers and what are the things that we will not negotiate on like ever again? Because everybody has time to do that at some point. It's a new chapter. Why not? And how do you want to start that chapter? How do you want to map it out, you know? Um, and how do you learn? Like, you know, for me, everything in life is about a learning experience. So I'm always trying to think about, you know, even if it's in an unpleasant situation type of, 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 of mode, what did I learn from this? What am I going to change, if anything, um, to ensure that I don't have this type of experience again or have it end up happening in that type of way, uh-huh. you know? Um, but, yeah. Do you think it's, do you think that right now, because as you said, corporate is corporate, they have a bottom line and there's always an accountant somewhere dealing with the spreadsheets. Like, okay, how can we save, how can we make less money and save less money, save more money, you know? And the solution is always like, okay, let's cut positions. Like cut, let's cut positions. Okay, fine. But what was it? I was reading that, that the entire concept of, you know, the people that work like 30 years at Ford or 40 years at whatever, apparently that doesn't exist anymore. Is it, is it, um, how can I say it? Um, too ambitious to think that, okay, the entire mentality of being totally committed to the company is, uh, is that something people, you think that this new generation is still into? Is it wrong to be, you know, as dedicated as, you know, you know, the entire 10, 12 year type scenario or, okay, let me do this because this works for me now. And then let me work on 
my plan B, okay, if ever. I don't know if it's a right or wrong type of thing, right? I think it's more of who you are as a person. And I think for a lot of us, um, how we're built in terms of our characters and our values sometimes, um, especially, you know, so our generation is at the cusp, right? Because we are technically millennials, but we're kind of traditionalists because of when we were born. So sometimes I feel like I straddle that line. Um, but for me, I just have those old fashioned values of loyalty, right? And so if I'm committed to a company, it's like for me, it's almost like we entered into uh, agreement. And uh-huh. as long as you're holding up your end of the bargain that you committed to me to hold up, I'm then like- I feel like obligated to hold up my end of the bargain, which is to continue to do a great job for your company. Sure. Um, and so I've passed up other opportunities, good opportunities, because I felt very loyal to my company. Um, and sometimes, you know, for me, I almost felt like it was my company, right? And that's the type of branding that they do to kind of make you feel good about where you work. And I think that's very smart and companies should do more of that. But I, do, I don't think that this generation that we have now is one that's loyal. Um, I'll tell you in my current role or the role that I was just in, I literally saw people come and go like almost every day. Uh-huh. And it wasn't because they didn't like their jobs or because they were unhappy or the environment was, you know, not conducive to them being able to be successful. It's just because something better came along. And these millennials, this newer generation, they're constantly learning, they're constantly evolving. And so new opportunities are constantly presenting themselves. And I think part of um, the mindset is you are going to take on the best opportunity for you. Uh Um, and it's not about the company. You care about the company, but you care about yourself more. You care about yourself more. And I think that's a positive thing. That's a positive thing. I totally agree with with this generational shift uh, that we're seeing. I say we as our generation, because you're definitely right on that. We are the last generation to straddle both the analog towards the digital. Like my kids, my kids are fully generational. They're a fully generational uh, um, uh, spectrum because there are a lot of things that they do not know. Cassette tapes mean nothing to them. A rotating rotating phone means nothing to them. I'm going to put a VCR in front of them. It means nothing to them. To this day, you know, my daughter still goes to the TV and tries to sort of swipe and touch and stuff. So <laughs> that this is their interaction with everything that's technological. Yeah. Okay? So we are the last analog generation. And that is very important because we have to basically bring the traditional mindset and quickly adapt to this fully on digital mindset. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And at the same time, it's both a gift and a curse because just like you, I bring that same mindset to the workplace. I'm very loyal. I'm very committed and I'm a team player and I've had great opportunity offers. But at the same time, I'm just like, you know what? I'm happy here. I'm committed to this company. And this is, you know, we're in it for the long run. You know, I don't job hop, but I've, I've been on both sides of the table. I've seen, you know, people work come in one day, like you said, and then, hey, you know what? They just walk in. They just went through the entire hiring process. They stay maybe like two or three days. And like, you know what? They don't, they don't even come back. No letters, no, no calling in. No, they don't and even come back. that's another interesting trend too. People are less and less like giving their resignation. 
they're just like not coming back. They just don't show up. They just don't show up. Like nothing. People on Friday and then Monday, like they're not there. They're not there. You're like, where's so and so? And they're like, oh, they're not coming back. Like that's so weird. Like I, as the manager, have to call you uh, like two or three days later, make sure you're okay. No, 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 don't worry. I'm just, I'm just not coming in. No, it's okay. I'm just, uh, this wasn't for me. It's like okay, um, all right. And like you said, it's something, it's put yourself first. Like, why would I get up? Why would I need to come in and tell you that I'm leaving and we have to go through the entire process? No, I'm not going to come in. You just figure it out for yourself that I'm not coming in. Or mm -hmm. at the same time, I've been working at the company and then, okay, I see an offer because I was looking for job offers and, you know, no, no notice whatsoever. Like, hey, I found another job and uh, yeah, you guys deal with it. And I know I'm probably pushing and making a comic book aspect of it, but this is very real. This is what's going on. You know, a lot of people are going to stick at a company from like a couple of months to a couple of years, but max maybe five years. And I'm very generous yeah. because they're always on the lookout for the best opportunity. And whether it comes next week, whether it comes next year, the second that they find it, they laser focus on it and they go get it. Yeah, and the drivers for why people stay sometimes are, you know, for practical reasons. Like, you may have a 401k that's not fully vested unless you stay for X number of years mm -hmm. or whatever the situation might be, right? So it becomes about those types of things, too. So you also see people leave um, at very specific anniversary points. Mm -hmm. um, so if you look at the data... Um, you'll notice that there's a lot of trends um, around those types of things too. Um, and then you also notice that a lot of people don't care, a lot of millennials in particular, they don't care so much about traditional benefits. They're not, worried, they're not thinking about retirement. They're no. thinking about now. And not that retirement isn't important to them, but they live. You know, they're not our parents' generation who is like, we're just going to work really hard, keep our heads down, you know, send uh -huh. our kids we'll do everything that we need to do and then, and then when we retire that's when we're really going to enjoy so it's so important for us to save you know for that point in time because that's really when we're going to do these things no they're traveling like they're, they're traveling. doing things they're they're not buying houses and mortgages and getting married and having kids no 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 they're traveling they're learning they're going to conferences they're going to Kuala Lumpur they're going to they're going to places and they're they're buying stuff and they're living it up because their time is now and they understand right. the time is now and we'll deal with all that traditional stuff you know when I'm exhausted and tired and bored of all this awesome right. stuff that I'm already doing but <laughs> when that comes and again, can you, can I judge? I can't think I'm, I don't think I'm judging or condescending in any way. I'm just acknowledging the differences in generational uh, mindsets. I have to say, mm -hmm. yeah. and I have, you have to humble yourself to that because again, it's not, it's not, it's like as, as dumb as it sounds, I'm sorry to always bring it back to my kids, but at the same time, it's the same way I can't fault somebody who chooses not to have kids. Yeah. yeah. That's true. It's the same way. It's the same way. I can't fault somebody who chooses not to have kids. You know, it's a but commitment. It's a, it's financial a commitment. commitment. It's a time commitment. I mean, it's it's a major commitment, and so people have to do what's best for them. And so I think that that's the big shift that we're seeing. So it's bigger than jobs or kids or any one thing. I think it's an environment where people are really thoughtful about what's in it for them. And what do they want? What do they need? And then everything else is secondary. Um, still important, but secondary. And that's interesting. And it I is think interesting. It's healthy. It is interesting. 
it is interesting because it's only when these things, when you take the time to look at these things, you know, take a real step back, because especially when you've been doing the same thing or when you've been part of the, the entire company DNA for such a long time, so you learn to speak, like they speak the language and be part of the entire culture. But when you're confronted with a different type of mindset or a different type of reality, right. and you realize that, oh, okay, there are different ways to go about this. There are different ways to think about this. There are different ways to address this. Like, okay, I don't have all the answers. And look, there are people doing quite fine with this other type of mentality. Yeah. You know? You know? And it's it's pretty, it's interesting. It's interesting to see, you know, different types of mindsets and understand that, you know what? Okay, let's take a second and analyze, you know, we're, towards the next chapter. Like, okay, what is it that's good for me? Even myself, you know, when you have to learn to be a little bit more selfish, you have to learn to be a little bit, you know, a little bit more of a yeah. shark, a little bit to be a little bit more, you know, rough around the edges. You know, you can't be nice all the time. You learn also from circum from these circumstances when you basically face faced with okay, um, what's the next chapter for my career? Like okay, what are the mistakes that I've made, and what are the opportunities where you know I probably would have benefited from being an asshole. Yeah, and I think if you can kind of identify some of those things, you know, as they come up, you become a lot quicker to deal with them, right? Because you can see them coming or you can anticipate them coming. And so sometimes it gives you the ability to kind of get ahead of things a little bit more. Um, but unfortunately, none of us have a crystal ball. If I did, believe me, I'd be doing things a lot differently. Well, for sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. But it has to happen to you to have that type of mindset. Like the hindsight is always afterwards, right? As yeah. it always is. But, you know, not to weigh it down, but at this point, how are you? How how do you foresee, you know, the next chapter, everything? Not, you know, just again to your logistics of everything of the day to day, but how are you feeling? How are you doing? Like, you know, how are you how are you gonna attack, you know, the next uh, the next chapter, you think? So all is well um, on a surface standpoint, right? And so uh -huh. there's a part of me that is in um, solution mode. And so uh -huh. like, who do I need to be calling? What do I need to be doing? What are the practical things that I need to be addressing just to make sure that things move forward, right? Because I don't uh -huh. want for anything to get stale before I take action. But then... Uh -huh. On the other hand, it's, you know, dealing with all of the, the feelings that come with um, this type of situation. I think for me, my pride probably has taken a pretty big um, hit, my pride and probably my ego a little bit. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, again, it's a dose of humility and, you know, having to share um, that type of information when you have always been regarded sort of at the top of your game at the top of your game you know and and so you're sort of just dealing with the emotional toll of you know how to tell people and so for me like i know when i i'm dealing with something tough i tend to bunker down right i go silent it's a natural feeling it's a natural not, yeah like i'm not on social media i'm not talking to people i'm ignoring phone calls i'm Texting a lot, but not really respons responsive and not really saying much of anything. You go on full um, defense. Of course, you're, you're batting down all the hatches, you know, just, you know, raise the bridge and like, okay, leave me alone. I don't need to talk yeah. about this right now. And so for the, for me, this time around, I'm trying really hard not to 
do that. That's sort of the natural reaction. Mm -hmm. um, and so just really just trying to force myself to just deal with it, right? Give myself the time that I need to grieve and to kind of work through um, the difficult feelings that I'm having, but not letting them get in the way of me, um, you know, being resilient and really just pushing through. I totally understand. I totally understand. That's definitely what I recommend. I definitely recommend opening up to the discomfort, um, not letting it define you, obviously, but you know that already. But at the same time, please don't regard this in any way as a failure because this was somebody else's decision, not yours. Right. So in any way, you should not give um, this person or the company uh, that power over you. This is just, okay, the end of a chapter and the opening of a new one. How I perceive it, as always, as difficult or as painful as it is, because, again, this is, you know, a couple, you know, probably a decade of your life, you know, for having worked for them for such a long time, this is a significant chunk of your life that you actually have to reflect back on and actually take it in. And that's what's part of the grieving process is basically think because it's undeniable. You know, there's going to be the tidal wave of the good memories, the bad, the successes, you know, just uh, the entire, you know, all the rings on the ladder that you have to climb up to actually get there. And then, you know, as quote unquote, has to be poetic, you know, fall from grace. And then on the next day, you're just realizing like, oh, OK, I basically have to deal with this. But these feelings are very real. So it's definitely something that um, I applaud the fact that you're being so open and candid about it because that's definitely the way to go. That's definitely the way I went, um, having to admit the fact that this is going to suck before it gets better. And that's part of grieving. It's part of the unpleasantness of, uh, you know, having an employment one day and being unemployed the next day. But it's not something that in any way is supposed to cause you in any way um, shame or, um, you know, any form of... Um, embarrassment um of course the ego plays a large part of it because again we're human beings and one of our you know one of our natural reactions is pride and ego because everybody wants a legacy right everybody has you know a little bit of uh, themselves they want to leave you know in the work in the works and in our own personal worth towards history but in any way you know we go through that to our careers and sports and everything that we leave you know in terms of little breadcrumbs of this is what i did so when we have that type of stain into our you know our entire you know project of life that does not go well so it's definitely yeah. going to be a hard pill to swallow and you i know you as a high performer and i know you somebody who's always given you all so i know how painful and you know how difficult this must be and uh trust me i know this from experience but trust me this too shall pass and i'm not just saying that to be coy but it's definitely going to be your own process and, you know, your own little hurdle to gravitate and basically climb over. But, you know, with the workouts that you do, I'm definitely sure that you're going to get over this. <laughs> but take the time, take the time to let it in, to let it sink in. It's not going to be over soon. But um, you know what? Take the time. And it's definitely something that is going to take some time to simmer but it doesn't define you. It doesn't lim limit you. If anything, it's just going to open your eyes. And uh, definitely, you know, as you said, a lot of people are already reaching out to you with their positivity and their words of encouragement. So that's always good. Reach out, talk, you know, don't close yourself off. And as again, nurture yourself because that's one thing I didn't do the first time around. And that's definitely something I take very seriously now personal time mm -hmm. and it's time to self-reflect on the good and the bad, the toxicity and the positivity that are simmering inside of us and that need to, you know, radiate from you. 
definitely is something that you need to basically cater to and don't let you know the negative thoughts you know take over again this was somebody else's decision not yours so don't give um the company or the person that power over you think about all your successes and everything that comes with it you know because yeah. again mm-hmm no, I'm just agreeing with you. I mean, I think we don't realize sometimes like how much of ourselves is wrapped up um, in these roles that we take on, you know, and we begin to define like who we are and our self-worth, you know, on these jobs, on these positions, on these paychecks, on these titles. And so when we lose that, um, it can sometimes feel, you know, more devastating than probably what the situation warrants, right? And when I say that, you know, Look, we all have bills to pay. They're not going anywhere. Whether we pay them or not, they're still going to be there. They're still going to be there. The reality of the world that we live in, right? And so from that perspective, it's critical, it's important, but it's not the end of the world. It is not Um, the end of the world. You know? It's not the end of the world. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And more too often, a lot of people hang on so much appreciation or worth to these titles because that's all they are you know it's a title it's something you do it's not who you are again it's useful at some point but as we've learned again a lot of and this is one of my mentors told me that years ago and i still take this uh, very to heart I'll, everybody's useful nobody's irreplaceable oh yeah and that's a real statement i mean i've seen people leave jobs on monday and by tuesday their roles are posted Oh, you have no idea how you're going to do without me. It's like, yeah, like next day. Don't worry about it. And it's not that you're not important and you're not contributing and your skills are not valuable. It's just that there's a bottom line. There's a need. There's things that need to get done. And so if you can't sit in that seat to do them, then somebody else needs to. As simple as that. And trust me, with the, the way the global trend is happening and everything is being outsourced anywhere, and there's a wonderful video that I'm definitely going to share with you called Humans Need Not Apply. Mm-hmm. It's going to show you the entire reality of the fact of how automation is putting everybody, and I truly mean everybody from labor workers to medical professionals to even artists, how automation is taking over everything and how we should be seriously worried about this thing called trade and skills and you think because you're humans that for some reason you're irreplaceable? Absolutely not. You're just going to become another cog in a very, very efficient wheel. But I'll definitely yeah. share that either in the show notes. I'll send it to you. It's it's an amazing piece. It's very it's very smartly written. But it's on yeah. YouTube. It's, yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. humans need not apply. It's it's awesome. It's definitely something you need to see. And it's, that uh, might be something to do a, a an episode on as well because I think it's very interesting. You know, as we look at technology, think about technology, I think it's so important for us to be socially conscious about how the things that we're putting out there are impacting, you know, the world or impacting people. Oh, yeah. Um, And so how are we going to care for that, right? Because even if we live in a world where um, robots could do everything, which I don't think we'll get to that place. And so we'll have an interesting conversation about that someday. what does that mean, right? You can't have millions and millions of people unemployed. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What, they have to have some sort of income coming in or some sort of way to build their lives, right? Or to survive. They need to eat. They need somewhere to sleep. And so there's a huge social impact um, 
to all of what we, we see going on around just think us. About, and, just think about food. Just think about the appropriation and, and just repartition of food resources around around the world. It's like, how, how are you going to manage that if a lot of people aren't? Okay, sir, we have huge farms and huge robots and building crops and corn everywhere, but how do you, how are you going to manage that exactly yeah it's it's uh it's it's a big can it's a big pandora's box of questions but i i don't mind opening it it's really nice yeah <laughs> i'm taking notes i'm taking notes as we speak but man but definitely it's an issue like i as we said at the top of the hour you know perspective is everything um you really need to again it's a beautiful word called humility you know you don't know what's around the corner you have to appreciate the adventure for what it is. You don't know what the next day is going to bring, good or bad. You just have to be, be willing to, you know, open up to the universe and say and accept, you know, whatever may come. Yeah. Um, I do not believe that commitment, this is on my own personal values of, you know, being so traditional as I am. Committed to a company is not something that I basically frown upon, you know, but I understand and accept the fact that this new generation thinks differently. Yeah, uh, I don't call them self-centered. I just call them self-aware. Uh, they know exactly what they want, and they're not willing to negotiate. You know, they bring their demands first, not I mean, their execution. Exactly how companies think, right? Companies think about themselves first. Too, exactly. Right? Like I always tell people, like we have these salaries. Like let's say you know you, you get this great job, and you're making, I'm just making a number up, but you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year. And you're super excited and you feel like, oh, my God, this is so much money because for you, it is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But if a company is paying you $100,000 a year, like you have to think about what are they getting out of it? It's got to be worth way more than the $100,000 that they're paying you. For sure. For sure. Um, And so you should be thinking with that same critical lens as you're kind of going into any position. It has to be a win-win, right? And so you have to be really thoughtful about. What is it that you're looking to get out of the opportunity? You know, I see people go into these positions and they sit there and they just go to work every day and they go home and they're not taking advantage of the learning opportunities. They're not building their brand. They're not expanding their network. And those are all additional forms of compensation, if you will. There you go. That we should be leveraging to, to pad our income. Because those are the types of things that if and when you lose a job, no one can take those things this away. This is what you can tap into. You've basically made an impact with the right people. You've connected with the right people. You've served the right people. You've definitely left an impression on the right people. So whether you leave this position at some point, you can still reach out because we have LinkedIn. We have direct phone lines. We have co- we have you know direct contacts. You've basically brushed shoulders with a lot of people throughout your time. So thankfully, you've taken the time, whether two minutes or 10, to actually you know make yourself known and aware and to this day, I've got a lot of people in my in my Rolodex, right? Rolodex. Yeah, look at you. See, that's how you know we're out of that traditionalist line. So I just dated myself right now. But you know, all this to say, you know, I still have some very prominent people I still keep in contact with. Them, you know, on a very you know direct level, you know, just you know, just sometimes just you know to ask them business questions or just retired CEOs, you know, from different companies. You know, we could still connect it throughout LinkedIn and stuff. You should use those opportunities every single day. Don't just be the person who just walks in, does the hours, walks out. That's the worst kind, okay? No matter what position you're in, like you said, leverage that opportunity to learn 
and take something out of it because what the only thing you're selling right now not just your expertise is your time and that's the only resource you cannot regenerate i'm sorry you can get another job you can't get your time back so make your time worth it and bring back a return on investment called learning and experience mm -hmm. all right this has to be primordial this has to be you know laser focused inside your brain it has to be beneficial to you not just you selling your time to the company but you actually getting something out of it network with the right people have the right people in your corner know who to know who to connect with know who not to piss off <laughs> no so all these things matter you know throughout really your matter. these things matter you have to be an asset and you have to learn to acquire assets as well no matter what your time no matter what your position there's always something to get out of it it's not sneaky it's not seeking it's it's always looking out for yourself that's very important and it's told and people understand that that's how it works that's how corporate works and that's how you should as well yep and that's probably the the most like the best way to kind of wrap that up is to say that because you have to think with your corporate hat on and you have to think about what does that mean to you um, I think if you operate from that space, then you just have, you know, you can deal with things as they come. <laughs> man, it's always so cool to talk to you, man. Wow. Where are, you, where are you at the top of the hour? Man, God. Know, it doesn't even feel like <laughs> an hour yet. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like it, man. It doesn't feel like it. But you know what? I'll definitely note down a topic for the, for, uh, for the entire aspect of automation and the impact on... Uh, on skills and trades and uh, what does that mean for us as a people we'll definitely try to you know brainstorm on that see how we're gonna basically you know uh, touch on that but uh, definitely that's a very good subject we're definitely gonna yeah, do that but, good. but i can't thank you enough for your time no seriously you know because uh, it means a lot to that you take the time to actually just you know come come out you know to my little come humble circle of the universe in the interwebs yeah. You know, just sit down and talk about stuff, even in this um, particularly, you know, I have to say fragile time. But uh, you're a trooper, and thank you so much for that. And definitely, I'm hoping all the listeners can, you know, take their two cents of uh, knowledge and, uh, you know, their own little personal nuggets of wisdom from, uh, you know, because you only try, we always try to reach out. You know, that's why I try to, you know, on this little podcast, you know, do better every day. And I'm not just saying that's because I know that there's always, you know, some way we can help out and help out each other. Because I believe in community and connecting. I don't believe in just like, you know, just self, you know, just sitting in your own little corner and just, you know, singing your own song. I do believe that, you know, there there's always a little bit of a way through good or the bad to help uh, to help each other out. So I can only thank you for that and being a part of this. I really do appreciate it. No, anytime. Thank you for having me. I love these conversations. I learn a lot from them myself. Um, and, you know, if anybody can learn from the, you know, conversations that we've had and the experiences that we've had, um, I think that's a great thing. So. No, not a problem. But, hey, this is me signing off, wishing you a terrific evening. Do rest. And uh, definitely, we'll see you soon. Sounds good. Take care. You too. Have a good evening.